Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. I'm presenting a verse-by-verse study through the book of Ephesians. And in the previous message, I was in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 2, speaking about the peace that we have from God. And in this program, I'm going to move forward into verse 3, when Paul said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. But this can sound a little bit awkward to people sometimes because Paul asserts that we have already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And the reason why this can often feel a little awkward to people is because for most people, the Christian life is about getting blessed by God, finding ways, discovering ways doing things, not doing other things, in order for God to look upon you, see you, and decide that he is going to bless you. This is the pursuit of many people who identify themselves as Christians, that this is what it means to them to be a Christian. It means that you live a life so that you will be blessed by God. It's not that unusual even for people to decide to become a Christian because they just simply want to be blessed by God. And this is normally because of some kind of significant life change that they have experienced. It's normal for us to experience changes in life. It could be said that the only thing permanent in life is change. But sometimes the change can be so profound that we may feel as if we are completely redefining our entire life. And when people reflect on what they have left from the change that just took place, and they start to think about what will their life be like next, what are they going to do in order to build a new life for themselves of some kind that's going to be different than how it was before, sometimes people will do what they are able to do, Because people can often rebuild their own lives just fine if they have the knowledge and the ability and the skills in order to start a new life for themselves. But sometimes it can be hard. Sometimes it can be quite difficult. And after a person has done all that they can do in order to make the best of the situation that they are in, after they've done just about everything they can do, they will think about, well, How can God maybe help me? You know, I think I could use some divine intervention in my life. I've kind of run out of options in terms of what I can do in order to increase the quality of my life. And so maybe now is the time to call upon God and to ask for his divine intervention that he may find some ways to bless me. Or sometimes, of course, people will pursue this before they've run out of options. But the idea is, is that God exists for the purpose 
of providing you with provision or with blessings or with something that that's what he's there for. And this is often advertised by the church. The church will often advertise God. They will advertise the Lord Jesus as the person who's going to be a part of your life and just make everything right. He's going to make everything better. If you have experienced great loss, don't worry. He will find some way to balance things out and he will compensate you or he will help you recover in some aspect of life. This is what is often advertised. And so people will often turn to God. They will decide that they are going to be a Christian, that they are going to believe in Jesus and they are going to be a good person and they are going to repent and obey They do this because they expect that the end result will be some blessings from God. And you know, he may very well do that. I don't want to say that he won't. I just want to acknowledge and I want to express the fact that this is what often motivates people to turn to him. And I think that if there's anything that will cause a person or encourage a person to turn to God, that can be a good thing. And so I don't want to say that this is a bad thing. I myself have turned to God many times in the midst of struggles and tribulations in my life, so I could certainly relate to this personally, and I've known lots of people who turned to God because they were experiencing a significant change of life and they really felt like they really needed some serious divine intervention in their lives. But if God does not deliver in the way that people will sometimes expect him to. If he doesn't deliver, which just so happens to happen a lot more often than him delivering something or blessing in some distinctive way that could be acknowledged and recognized, in general, you don't get this kind of a response. And so when God apparently fails to bless them as they wanted him to, or as they expected him to, or as they were told he would, When this doesn't happen, well, then they have to make a new decision. Are they going to abandon the Lord entirely? Are they just going to forget about what it may mean to be a Christian? Are they going to forget about knowing their God? Most people do. They just simply walk away. They say, well, you know, this doesn't work, or I tried this, or, you know, I've redefined my life and I just don't have any time for pursuing a knowledge and understanding of the love of God and who he is as a person. And so they just simply walk away. That's the most common decision that people make. If they are blessed by God in some definitive way, or some way that they believe that they have been divinely blessed by God, then they might stick around a little bit longer, as long as he continues to deliver. But as soon as he stops, then there are those people who will then effectively abandon the faith because they're not getting enough from the effort that they put into it. This is how a lot of people respond to God. But when they are confronted with not getting what they expected, then they have the opportunity to decide, are they going to just simply abandon the faith entirely? Or will they maybe consider that there is something else about the truth of God that they really need to understand? And of those who pursue him because they need the divine blessings in their life because of serious life change, Of those who pursue him, some will then make a decision to stick with him, not because of the expectations of blessings, but for the right reasons. So not everybody sticks around. You know, not everybody will stay with God 
From my experience, I have found that most people just walk away, but there will always be a few. And those few are worth it. They are worth the effort. They are worth it in the sense that this is in God's interest. And so it is a good thing, even though people will not stick with him for these kinds of reasons, because he won't necessarily deliver like they expect. There are others who will stick with him for better reasons. So again, while some people will be drawn to God for these reasons, most of them will not necessarily stick with him, but others will recognize that there can be better reasons, other reasons, as to why they should continue to pursue a knowledge and understanding of who their God is and what kind of a relationship he really wants to have with them. But here in verse 3, he speaks about the blessings as something that we have already received. And this can be a little bit awkward because there are people who are pursuing blessings from God. But how can they pursue blessings from God if they already have the blessings that he has offered to us, that he has given to us in Christ Jesus? If he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, then what are they asking for? They are asking for blessings that are not consistent with the kinds of blessings that God, in general, intends to deliver, that he wants to give. That tends to be the inconsistency, where people are asking for something that God is not really offering, hoping that he is, or they are told, they were told, that that is what he would offer, that that is what he would do, that is what he would give, but he did not necessarily say that. He may have said that in some passages, but you really have to consider the context of who he was talking to, what he was talking about, and why. And in most cases, people just don't go that far. They just look for something that sounds good, and they embrace that. They say they're going to claim that, and they just simply proclaim that this is going to be real in their lives. And you know, maybe it will be, but in most cases, it doesn't work out that way. So there are a lot of distortions when it comes to the idea of the blessings from God. And these distortions are because people have distorted views. That's where these distortions come from. Now, in order to give a little bit more understanding, a little bit more clarity on this topic, I'm going to divide the subject of blessings into two different parts. I'll talk about the idea of the physical blessings And then I'll spend some time talking about the spiritual blessings. Because most people can identify with and understand the idea of the physical blessings. Because God did have a lot to say about the physical blessings, not the spiritual blessings that Paul is referring to. But it's helpful to be able to understand the physical blessings, and so you can distinguish between the two. Now, the physical blessings are well described in the Mosaic Law. The Mosaic Law is the description of the definition of the nation of Israel and the Old Covenant, the agreement that God made with the children of Israel to establish the initial relationship with him. And this agreement was definitely a physical agreement. It had to do with the land that they were going to receive from God in the sense that he would participate with them in conquering the land in war. He set the children of Israel free from slavery in Egypt and he guided them 
to the land of Israel, and then he went in there with them, and they conquered the nations. God participated and encouraged them to do this because of the sin and the evil that was perpetrated by the people in these nations. And he gave them a covenant, and he said, look, this is what I expect you to do. I expect you to be righteous. I expect you to live in obedience to the commandments that were given through Moses. God gave the commandments through Moses as the definition of what is good and evil, what is right and wrong. And he told them, listen, if you will do that which is right, then he would bless the people. And God described the kinds of blessings that he would give to the people. And these are found in many different places. But my favorite is in Deuteronomy chapter 28. I like to refer to Deuteronomy chapter 28 because this chapter was written for this purpose in order to describe the blessings or the curses that the people would receive if they complied with the law of God. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, beginning in verse 1, God said, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Continuing in verse 7, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And he goes on and he talks about your livestock and he will open the good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain in your land in its season. And he says, you shall lend and not borrow. There are a lot of wonderful blessings that he expresses here in Deuteronomy chapter 28. But what I want you to recognize is that all of these blessings have to do with the flesh, and they are all physical in nature. And they are all conditional. He explains that you are to obey all of his commandments. And if you do not, well, you just keep reading, starting in verse 15, but it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of, of the Lord, and he goes on and he describes the curses that you are going to get from him because of your failure to obey all of the commandments. Now, this, of course, was an incentive for the people. It was an incentive in the sense that, hey, listen, you know, here is our agreement. 
You guys do your part and I'll do mine. And these physical blessings are quite attractive. The people, many of the people, pursued this for the purpose of obtaining these blessings from God. And just as I explained earlier that many people will turn to God because they are experiencing significant change in their lives quite often, this can be measured in physical ways. Where they're going to live? What are they going to eat? What are they going to have for transportation? Will they have employment or not? These are physical concerns, physical issues. And so it can be very attractive to turn to God, especially when you see him saying things like this, assuming that if you will become a good Christian, well, he'll respond and bless you in return. But these blessings have to do with the physical blessings, and they are all conditional And the conditions are such that no one will ever be able to meet the requirements that God has given such that he will then dispense these blessings. The purpose of this was to encourage the people to try and through failing, they would discover that there would have to be a new relationship with God, one based on his forgiveness, based on his grace based on his mercy, and that was revealed through the new covenant. That's why he established a new covenant. Because the old covenant was never going to be realized. Not because there's something wrong with a covenant, but because there really is something wrong with us as people. And we need to know, understand, and embrace the reality of our condition so that we can receive his provision. But his provision in the new covenant was not about how is he going to bless the flesh. The provisions through the new covenant was about how he would bless us spiritually, how he would give to us what we really need in the core of our spirit, in our souls, in our person, in our being. That's what he has to offer. That is what he is willing to give freely. If you want stuff for your flesh, well, you know, he's had a lot to say about that. But if you want something in your spirit and in your soul, well, that's something else. And that is why Paul describes this as the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ, referring to in the spiritual dimension, in that part of us that cannot be described in a physical way. Again, in verse 3, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, why has he blessed us, or how has he blessed us spiritually already with all the spiritual blessings? How did he do that? That is part of the package deal of receiving Christ Jesus into your life, into your heart, of surrendering to the new covenant. It is the package deal that you will receive all that you need for life and godliness, that you will receive every spiritual blessing in the spiritual dimension, in effect, in the heavenly places in Christ. And so if you have received all 
of these blessings, all of the blessings, if you have already received them all, then your relationship with God will not be about you trying to be blessed by him. That wouldn't make any sense. For you to pursue a relationship with God for the purpose of being blessed by him wouldn't make any sense if you've already received all of the blessings already. Now, this is what makes it awkward for a lot of people who assert that they are a Christian. This is what makes it a little bit awkward, because if you have received all the blessings, and yet you are continually seeking blessings from God, well, then that's inconsistent with reality. And that tends to be the truth, that most Christians are just simply inconsistent with reality, in the sense that they are trying to obtain something, perhaps, that God is not offering, or he is not going to give, and yet they have no understanding whatsoever of what they already have in Christ Jesus. The Christian life is about discovering what you have been given already, because you have been made into a child of God. It is about discovering what you already have and learning how to apply what you already have in your daily life. It is about living with what he has given, not living with hope that one day he will give. It is about discovering what you have and learning how to live with what you have in Christ Jesus. Unfortunately, most of the people who identify themselves as Christians have no interest in the spiritual blessings. They are preoccupied with the physical blessings. That's why they came to faith to begin with in general, and that's what they want from their God. Whatever these spiritual blessings are, while there may be some interest of some kind, it will be overtaken by the physical desires of the flesh. This is normal. This is not unusual at all. I encounter this all the time. It is an obstacle in the sense that our God has given to us eternal life. He has given to us a relationship that is about an eternal experience with our God, growing in him for the purpose of living in eternity in a relationship with him in the spiritual places in the heavens, in the kingdom of God. But people tend to be so preoccupied with the issues of the flesh that they just won't look that far. They will only look to their own physical lives right now, and their concerns stop at the point of physical death. But folks, that is when your eternal life really begins in a profound way. So what you get to experience right now in terms of the spiritual blessings is an introduction to what you will experience in the kingdom of heaven that we don't have any information on. We just know that there will be an increase. We know that there will be more. But when people turn to their God only for the purpose of the indulgence of their flesh by the physical blessings that God may deliver, they're very short-sighted and they are only thinking about their lives right now up until the point when they physically die. And you will notice that with a lot of these people, whatever their life may be like after that just has no relevance to them at all. And I will continue in the next program.
You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 383-53, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80937. Or use the donation link on our website, livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net.